morning, and welcome to Positively Beach Street. My, my, my name is Bob Fellman. I'm co-host with Rich Berger. And we welcome you to our bi-monthly podcast. Fourth episode. Episode four. So I, I, gotta, I, got my, I always have a serious question, a serious thing. So... Well, um, why don't we do our serious thing? You'll look at me and say he's crazy, but that's okay. Okay. So you know how they do, you know how they you know how they do on TV that orange is the new black or something is you know because of change and all that. Yeah, so, yeah. So my question is because I'm thinking of seniors, I'm thinking of Social Security. Now we're both on Social Security. We're past that entry thing, but. The, <laughs> The question, oh my God. the que- the the question I have is, it's okay, is is um, our sign just fell over? I know. Well, you know, it's a good thing it's going that way, you know. So we'll attract, still attract the people. So, do you think and this is serious? Do you think that 60, 67 is the new sixty-five? In other words, people. We're older. People are living much longer, right, than when we were kids. So the question is, Social Security, because it's financially precarious, start at 67 rather than 65? Because people want to work longer. Even older folks want to wear two examples. But, you know, because that would two-year, I mean, they would have to phase it in and, you know, they couldn't start it for two or three years, so people would know. But if they did that, they would save the system. I mean, monetarily, be a huge swing yeah. in their calculations. And they're always, you know, the conservatives are always trying to get the uh, entitlement program, Social Security, Medicare, uh, cut it back or change it. So if we say that 67 is new 65, we could change it. If they could tax the rich more, in other words, both sides of the political spectrum contribute. Well, that see, this to me is this is why I'm really uh, disillusioned with both sides of the aisle Mm. because um, uh, they don't seem to be able to take the other point of view and therefore into into account. Impossible to compromise anything. Yes, yes, I I think so because. uh, you know, Social Security, Medicare for all, or, you know, uh, uh, privatize everything for everyone. Um, I, I, I don't think, I, me, personally, I don't think reality works that way. I think it's, mm. uh, reality is always kind of like a balance of two opposites. <laughs> and um, so, um, I, I, you know, the details of it, I, I see your point of view if, if it were raised two years. It, it might help to... It would be much yeah. healthier financially for, for, for the country. Right. But I think that, that for anybody to bring that up now in this environment, um, I, I really think it's... I, I don't think we have an environment where uh, there can be a, a middle ground now. You know, I, I personally... Um, I personally see both sides of the, the of, of the aisle, mm. not in their extremes, because no, that's no like stretching. Yeah. You know, it's like if I stretch my so face, so it didn't look like a human back face. In face. Yeah, uh, but um, 
I don't know. It's a very complicated issue. Yeah. I, but I, I think I, you have to have goodwill and you have to have the ability. I think you have to see reality. I mean, I'm not saying my view of reality is correct. Uh, sometimes you have to you hunker down on one side or the other a little. Uh, but, but you got to be able to put your your feet in the other guy's shoes. Yes, that's yes. the best way to do it's, it. It's also it's all. I think it's part of human nature. Uh, the the conservative and the liberal parts of ourselves are always there, and I think it's there in every person, even a very staunch conservative or very staunch liberal, uh, has a bit of both. Mm. I once knew a family. Um, I'm still in touch with some of the people, but not as much as I was for decades. And they were from very wealthy people in Europe, and uh, they were Republican fiscally, and they were uh, socially very conserv- uh, very uh, liberal. liberal they, right. they were part of WGBH. They had the cups. They gave uh, uh, donations. They were the wonderful people, and I learned a lot from them. I learned that you can, you can be both. You can be both, and you can be a great person. Right. Your no. brain can uh, hold views on two different slabs of the social, economic yeah. being, and you're still true to yourself and true to your country. And you're still hum- uh, you're, you're human. You're not. You're not. You're yeah. not. Take, you're not. Uh, you're not um, turning turning away from a reality. Right. Right. Well, when I was young, when I was first getting social, political consciousness, mainly probably from my parents down through me, but I knew I was physically, monetarily conservative. Yeah. But I also knew that in social issues I was somewhat radical. I was still influ- influenced by the war, by the Holocaust, by stuff that went on in Europe, so I believe that you know, all these changes should come, but we've got to be able to pay for them, and we've got to save money. You know, it was interesting. I was nine years old, and I had this sort of buy- yeah, at nine you. I didn't. At nine I had no political being. I, I honestly yeah. didn't. I was like baseball. Nine, nine, ninety-nine point ninety-nine percent of my consciousness in school. Right, right. But, uh, yeah. Well, I, I think it's a lot has to do with you, when you start with what your parents are like. What yeah, some parents yeah, what they talk are not about. interested in yeah. politics, or they never talk about it. They talk. My father never talked, but my mother did. She uh-huh. was very proud. You know, she said, "I'm a Roosevelt." Oh, <laughs> Democrat, uh-huh. you know, which is interesting. And she was very, for the times, she was very liberal. You know, she wanted integration now. What are they doing to blacks in the South? She said, this is baloney. This has been going on for 150 years. Yeah. You know, she cool. really, and she was right. She was right. <laughs> you know, so I, I'm sure a lot of my, my views in that area were formed by her. And my father, he didn't know as much, although he was similar to her because... They never, never fought about religion or politics or, you know, had yeah. disagreements. I think, yeah. as I was just thinking about parents, they had, in all my years with them, they had three fights, three disagreements in like 25 years that I remember. Wow. That's pretty good. You know, yeah, that's pretty good. The way human beings are. Yeah, that's very good, actually. Um, I, I think that. Um, Here, here at the center, because I'm here a lot, um, I, especially at lunchtime, I, I hear different conversations. You know, you're, you're talking at your table and you're, you're listening to different conversations. Sure. And, like, as far as the politics go here, and I, I'm not speaking for everybody. I haven't taken a census or a count or anything right. like that. But 
there really is two, two different um, types of people who come here. There are more conservative people who talk about President Trump and are, are <clears throat> in accordance. Uh, they're, they're, they, they like his policies. And there are more liberal people who have nothing good to say about him. And um, it's still I, like two two little cold wars going on at the same time. In perhaps, a yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's that deep or that um, uh, dire. You know, <laughs> a, a, a battle here. But I I really think that um, you know if you don't try to see both sides. Not in their extremes, because that's stretching reality, I think, really stretching reality, but in their principles. I, I think if you don't see that and you don't try to weigh it in your own mind, you're not being... For me, to be a human being is to, to be two sides of a coin mm. in, in, in almost everything, because, um, you know, I mean, there are certain things that are truths, I think, um, but when it comes to human affairs and how you manipulate finances and, and social issues, I think there are different points of view that... Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, this is... I, I try not to... You know, I say don't talk uh, politics or religion. I, I try not to do that so much unless unless I feel the discussion is is going to be... Productive or... or yeah, or, or, or thought, thoughtful. thoughtful. Yeah, yeah, if it's exactly. going to be an argument, uh, you know, I'd rather just yeah, keep it's quiet. Yeah, it's not worth it. I walk away. Yeah. Because that is quietly. Yeah, you yeah. Know, even though I have a lot to say about what someone might be saying, it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, Okay, well that was that was my serious <laughs> statement <laughs> for the morning. <laughs> now, now we can just do a little Groucho. <laughs> no, I don't want to do Groucho. No, no, no Groucho. No, I don't want to. Do. Uh, yes, and, and we uh, we're not really sure. We don't think we're from WBZ, but it could be true. I, I don't, but were there people who thought we were from BZ? Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Me, my BZ personality, or my, uh, I don't know. No, actually, I'm Charles Lacordaire's son, and uh, uh, used to be um, on the radio. <laughs> and I'm a, a senior trying to find out who he is. So that's why I'm here at the Senior Center, because I know that you can, you can check that stuff. You can search for your you, you own being. Check, yeah, I can go up to the front desk and find out who I am just like that. The woman will tell you? Yes. And it doesn't cost anything. Because I'm a member, I've, I have a little card, I, pro, I filled out a form, ah. so there is some evidence of who I am, but if I, if I remember it or not, it's, it's still... Yeah, it's, an, it's another whole, whole issue. But this is the, uh, this is the um, Positively Beach Street podcast, and um, that's what it is. Hey. It's that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that guy keeps coming over. He's he's a would-be actor. He never will admit it, but he really should have been in Hollywood as a young man. And uh, we have a guest coming. Oh my God! Today's podcast is um, if it appears to be like staticky and going and talking and 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 um, famed f- famed actress and film star. <laughs> Welcome. Hi, guys. How are you? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very well. Very well. What's new? 
Um, you, you were, Me? You're, you're new here. I'm new here. I yeah. mean, you're, well. you're new here on this particular episode. Yes. Episode four? Four. That's good. Yeah. That's good. People thought we were from WBZ. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. so that's what Jeff told me. So, um, <laughs> well, that I'm that I'll go I'll go with that because I love WBZ. We'll give yeah. we'll give our different personas that way, you know. We'll just use whoever we uh, can relate to on Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so Dana, um, I see you have a. I brought the uh, newsletter with me this oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah. You I don't mean, really normally, need it I know. You... Normally, I spout them off and I kind of go, but I figured it would be better this time if I just brought it with me. Just for, just for safe measure. <coughs> this um, is a once a month, right? Yep, this is the once. Dana this is puts, for April. Puts it all together. It all together. Yep. Yeah, so we got some good stuff coming. We got good stuff. So, yeah. So I figured I would share everything, some of it, yeah, whatever you guys want. Whatever, whatever does, you does, want. Any, does, does anyone who's a member of the senior center but doesn't work for the senior center? write anything for the uh, sometimes yep the sometimes monthly. yep and our i mean our director always puts her notes in here so she's always got a, a note um, right. which is very good and then if the social worker had something that she was gonna um put in there and wanted to get a message across marie the volunteer coordinator she wanted to put something in there yeah yeah oh. anybody can share things so how, how about a member just a plain plain old member um, yeah, if they wanted to. We had talked about at some point maybe putting like a column in there or something. Right. Um, if people wanted to, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm more than open to that if people wanted to write about a program or share sure. something. Notes yeah. from the seniors. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. we had talked about that. Um, this, this could jump from a 10 to 12 page publication. Well, that's the thing. I'm, <coughs> I need more pages. Yes. I'm, I, <coughs> I you mean you run out of space? I run out of space, quickly. yeah. You just give each person three bullet points. <laughs> no more than five words per bullet point. Yeah. You don't have any... Uh, public advertising in here, do you? Mm -hmm. Oh, you do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. People can advertise if they want to. That's always the last few pages. Um, and they have other space people. If they wanted to put advertisement in there, they can right. do it. Yeah. Well, that's good. It would yeah. help support. Exactly. Exactly. And, and we are, um, <coughs> we're you an are animal there. friendly, right? We are. An welcome. <coughs> we even have uh, animals advertising. Right? <laughs> well, service dogs. Yep, See, we're service dogs. Yep, they can come they're, in. They're one of our, our uh, <laughs> seniors. We have some senior service dogs here too. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You're wonderful. That's yeah. actually actually a uh, <coughs> a big uh, avocation business today. Ever since the Iraq War. In particular, there was a jump in the percentage of dogs that were being trained because there were so many veterans coming back maimed, mentally, physically, combos, whatever. Mm -hmm. And service dogs have proved to be so good, so important. Service animals, let's say, for for veterans. It's almost like a necessity. Yeah. Once they get one, it's almost like they can't live without it. And they don't want to live without it because it's their partner. And, you know, coming from the military, we you depend on <clears throat> your your buddies, your group, you know. Yeah. We just went to a service dog graduation. That was in March with uh, Golden Opportunities for Independence. So they were, I think, how many dogs graduated in total? Um, but they all went through the training, so now they're ready to serve their owners. It's and, awesome. And where where is the school of the... Uh, it was at, in Walpole, Walpole High School. And they all do different. Someone is there for someone who has anxiety. She has cerebral palsy, so the dog goes with her to Children's Hospital, <clears throat> keeps her calm if she's got to get certain procedures done. 
Um, they're trained to help if someone is about to go into a have a seizure or go into a diabetic, have like right. a diabetic right. exactly. reaction or something. Um, it's all based on the saliva, which I thought was really interesting. So, yeah, service dogs are, are important. You know, uh, I, I will just make this very brief. Uh, this morning I was riding here on the bus and I saw uh, what appeared to me to be, just by my observation, a grandmother and a grandson and um, riding the bus and the little kid, you know, maybe he was uh, four years old, five years old, he had a little stuffed animal. So um, I'm thinking service dogs mm. and stuff. I mean, it starts very young where you, you, you know, you're, you have older people, your parents, your grandparents, and then you are in, in care of something, right. you know, and he was, uh, he was in care of this little animal. And um, so anyway, I just thought I'd make that observation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dana, what's, what's All right, cooking? so what's cooking? What's cooking? We got a lot of stuff cooking. Um, so first thing is the spring store can't pronounce it. Soiree. So nope. we're going to have a... Nobody can pronounce that. Soiree. <laughs> Soiree. <laughs> Soiree. We're having a spring party on the patio. Uh, party so on the, the patio. Patio party. So the high school jazz band is going to come... Because we got a great space out there. We've got bocce courts out there. We've got... I mean, it's a really nice space that people should right. Peggy, utilize. I heard Peggy Sue got married out there. <laughs> 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 Before her time, but you've heard of it. Buddy Holly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so that'll be nice. The high school will come, the jazz band, just for, like, background music yeah. and give people a chance to be out there, and we'll serve little appetizers, and, and that'll be nice. Um, we've got a drumming program. There's, oh, yeah, studies. Yeah, there's there's something about interactive drumming and drumming circles that are really good, whether you, mm. for memory impairments or for people with dementia, anything like that, or just anybody um there's really good uh information that says that it's it's really good for you and it's fun so, so it's like yeah yeah heartbeat yeah yeah yep um i'm really excited we're having um our chair the chair of our coa board um is he works for tufts um he works for the gene mayor usda human nutrition research center on aging <clears throat> Um, so they're going to start, they're going to do a four-part lecture series on nutrition and nutrition for older adults and innovative nutrition, anything that maybe we're not familiar with or we don't know about or things that are coming down the pipeline for people to know. Oh, they um, make much too much of that. Our president said, fast food and well-done steaks. It's all you need. <laughs> really. And he's our leader. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping I think this is gonna be a great one. So I'm gonna to try to get the word out because that'll be that'll be a really good a really good program for people. Um, let me open up and see what else we've got going. Um, we're doing a dried flower workshop. Um, so there's a local woman, Nancy Westcott. She's a local Belmont resident. She makes cards. They're beautiful. She sells them at the craft fair every year. Um, her daughters have them in their gift shops. Um, so that'll be really nice uh, to make cards for anybody for the holidays whatever's coming up um habitat for humanity or the audubon is back vernal pool talk and then they do an intergenerational tea afterwards which is really nice for people um we're watching some movies this month the sandlot easter parade movies are very popular movies yeah we had oh my god we had over 40 people for uh uh a star is born so that was a big one that was a wonderful i was upstairs uh and I, I I heard the concluding song. Yeah. And you said so. Yeah. I just stopped. It was such a beautiful song. I had to run downstairs and I had to go and just peek in yeah. there to see 
what was happening here. It was so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, there, be are there any, do you have programs where, uh, like children, you know, mm -hmm. come in mm -hmm. to work with seniors or seniors to work with them, actually? We do. A, like on their reading? Yeah, we do a Because I see that where I live. I, yeah. I walked in on one yesterday. But yeah, said, oh. we try to do as many intergenerational programs as we can. We're going to start one. Um, we did it last year, the Sage and Seekers. Um, they're going to go to the um, international school in Boston and work with um, a certain grade, and, and that's a great program as well. And then we work well with the schools to try to come up with programs. Um, we do a lot of after-school programs. We were talking about doing an intergenerational virtual reality program, which will be yeah. fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's good to get <coughs> really important stuff, yeah. I think. Those are yeah, I agree for with both, you. For, for both groups. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> now, uh, virtual reality, intergenerational, I'll, I'll, <laughs> Fancy. I'll, I'll put in something because that's one of my passions in, in, in my older years is virtual reality. Um, why it's too complicated to explain, but we, <laughs> we, dis <laughs> we discovered this program is called Mind Show, M-I-N-D-S-H-O-W. And in a nutshell, what it is, is you can pick a scene. You, you go into the virtual reality environment. Everything's 3D. You pick a scene. So you could be on a spaceship. You could be in a news studio. Um, and so that's your scene. Um, you, what you do is re, you record your own video, and you yourself are a part of the video um, in a cartoony kind of way. So um, you, you pick a scene. So say I picked uh, a newsroom, and um, then I, I go and I pick characters. And they're kind of human characters in a cartoonish form. There's a Twinkie. Twinkie. A, a Twinkie with a... A, a virtual a, reality right. Twinkie. virtual reality <laughs> Twinkie with, with one bite out of his head. Um, there are uh, space monsters. There are um, uh, different... Um, there's a there's a cat <clears throat> there's a cat anyway what you do is you you bring in the characters and then one by one you the uh, experiencer of virtual reality jump into the characters and as your body moves and as your voice talks the character m mimics you exactly so you can make a little and you're limited to three characters but you can have three characters there um, and you can enliven each one of them with, the, with this little skit you, you mm -hmm. make up in your mind. So you, it, it's just amazing. And, and, and I think if we bring it here, I think the kid, I, I always talk about the kid inside us, the kid inside every single senior here might be touched. And maybe we can have um, Jane from the Media Center works with kids. Maybe we can have an intergenerational yeah. thing where we use this as the virtual so reality great. experience. Yeah. And, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be So I excuse me but I've been told by a director there's someone waiting to come on oh, the show. Then so I'm out of here. I, I, well, <laughs> it just uh, No, you could you could stay if you'd like. Uh no, no. I want to I want to let somebody else come in, but oh, we got okay. lots of good stuff coming in April. I didn't even hit the I didn't even touch the we didn't even scratch the surface. Well, we'll be back. Yeah. We're yeah. back in it's April. It's thicker than a Snickers, so oh. make sure you <clears throat> Anything in June, May or June. Um, so the singing trooper, the singing trooper is coming May fourteenth. He is a big deal. Um, oh, I saw trooper. him last year. He's very yeah. The singing safe. trooper. Yeah. Um, he's he's going to be a big deal. Um, we've got a Mother's Day tea coming. That's going to be really special. Working on a barbershop quartet to mm. do something in the evening. Um, 
if anybody knows anybody who's got classic cars, I want to do like a classic car. Do you know somebody? I want to do like a classic car, a cruising night. Bob Mahoney. Bob Mahoney. Has classic cars. Okay. All right. Yeah, because I thought that would be good for the fathers. Drive by with the tops down. And yeah. <laughs> then they can go out in the parking lot. We can get ice cream. It's going to be. Mention the three-part uh, series, the health series, uh, at the end. Of the first one being at the end of the month. Yeah, the nutrition. The nutrition, nutrition one. Yeah, the first. The first of the lecture series um, is April thirtieth. Yeah. Well, right. that that series is it's going to be a great series. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be the f- four parts. Um, the first one is called Food for Thought. Um, with, with someone from Tufts. So. And that's it. Okay, right. well, thank you. Thanks, thank guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. All righty. Uh, gentlemen, I have a and special guest. Ah. <coughs> this gentleman is uh, Richard Longmire. Richard. Rich Burger. Rich Burger. What's your first name? Rich. Oh, Rich Burger. Richard yeah. Burger. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not one of those new types of burgers called the Rich Burger. But. <laughs> Bob. Bob. Bob Fellerman. Hi. Now, this man's a Hoosier. Yeah. You know that. He doesn't know what a Hoosier is. You know what? You don't know what a Hoosier Uh, is? I know it has to do with the Midwest. Right. I can tell by the look in his eyes. He's zeroing it. He's an East Coaster. He's definitely an East Coaster. You know? You know, uh, people in Indiana. You know that state? Uh, Yes. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah. Well, we're known as Hoosiers. Hoosiers. And that comes you know, from... You know how that came about? No, I don't. Or do you? Would you, would you no, vaguely. No. Okay, then that came about by when someone would knock on the door, someone would say, who's there? <laughs> who's who's the right? Hoosier? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how the Hoosier name came about. Oh. And then you got basketball teams with the Hoosiers. Oh, yeah. And Have we ever? Larry oh. Bird? You know Larry Bird? Yes, I do. Well, he was... Uh, He's a very proud Hoosier from French Lick, right? Was he ever? Yes, yeah. One of the greatest uh, basketball players in the world. Yeah, I saw a picture of him. Somebody showed me a picture of when he was um, in high school or something. He looked exactly the same. Yeah, very similar. Yeah. Only younger, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so this this gentleman uh, we were talking before the broadcast served in the Navy, World War Two, and um, you wouldn't think he was old enough, but he he was. You, how old were you when you... 17. 17. When I went in. When you went in. <clears throat> that, was that the cutoff age in World War II? You had to be 17 at least? I know some people's stories. I was 16, I snuck in, or I yeah. lied, or I well, just... There's a lot of talk, uh, and I think a lot of us, uh, during that time... But what was the government saying for people to enlist? Well, I think you had to... Uh, before that, your parents had to... My parents had to sign... My mother had to sign me. Give permission for you to, to enter in, the armed service. In, yes. And if you didn't have your parents' permission, you had to be a certain age? Yes. Or? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you had to be, uh, I think it was either 18 or 19 yeah. to, to, be, to be able to make that decision. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you, uh, your first stationing mm-hmm. was? The Great Lakes. In the Great Lakes. Oh, right. yeah. I, that's where I took boot camp was in the uh, Great Lakes in Illinois. Oh. Right, I was, and, uh, I was saying he's landlocked, but I forgot about the Great Lakes. You know. <laughs> I know where those are. Yeah, great, <laughs> great, great bodies of water. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, 
Well, it's kind of an interesting thing going to the lakes because I remember uh, being on uh, a train going up there out of Indianapolis and uh, leaving home for the first time. Mm. And it was really kind of an interesting experience because uh, I actually became homesick almost immediately. Right. <laughs> Had you ever been outside of Indianapolis before No, that? I was strictly a Hoosier who lived there, went to grade school there, junior high there. And, and your, your dad, what did he do for a living? Uh, he worked for the uh, Indiana uh, uh, Boys School, which is right there in Plainfield. Uh. As he was a, uh, an engineer there for the, uh, uh, and I think I should qualify that, he was my stepfather, not my father. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but that's what he did. He was a, an engineering person there who worked in the power plant. Mm. So in, in those days, I mean, I was born in 45, but in those days, you lived in a, a small town, somewhat rural. Oh, very rural. Very rural. Oh, sure. So families generally didn't get in the car, if they had one, and go that far. That's so, certainly right? true, yes. <laughs> and uh, in a lot of cases, families didn't have cars. Right. As a matter of fact, I remember as a young boy sitting out on the porch, if you will, in a swing, swinging back and forth sure. with some else, either my mother or one of my brothers or sisters or whatever, and uh, people going by and say, from church, coming home from church or going to church, whatever, saying good morning. They had time to talk to you instead of this. Right. Oh, oh yes. I, I believe me, you got, you got <laughs> someone who hates that, too. And, and what we... <laughs> what we <laughs> well, I just... I, I don't understand. Well, what we've come to today is ridiculous because yeah. people don't talk to people anymore. Right. So friendliness gets dissipated because it, there's no interaction. That, that's right, that none. Basic interaction. Yes. And, uh, Can I just throw in? By all means. My grandmother told me in 1999, she said, if you spend all day talking to a machine, you're going to forget how to talk to a person. That, and I think that can happen quite rapidly. And I see that happening because uh, uh, I'll jump ahead here in my life. Uh, I happen to work at McLean Hospital in Belmont, which is a uh, hospital for the mentally. Psychiatric, However, very famous psychiatric hospital. It is, without a doubt. Uh, and it was <coughs> it, it's kind of interesting what transpired up there because as you know this is a very old institution and uh, <coughs> they had tunnels we had tunnels underground there as a matter of fact I have my hat came from uh, McLean Hospital <laughs> and uh, I've had people literally walk into me while they were doing this in the, in the tunnels? <coughs> yes, in the well, yes, in the tunnels. It was just, they didn't know anything else existed. Yes, I, they, I've they, experienced that on the street. Yeah, but oh yeah. yeah. But oh, this yeah. is like science fiction come live, in a sense. You know, we used to read comic books, or early comic books, science fiction, spaceships and everything. Not people walking with machines who were faceless, tapping on their mm -hmm. on their implement as you, as you walk by them. It's like... They're a almost aliens to you. Yes. They're yeah. not interacting. They're not saying, hi, good morning. Something basic like that. It's, it's, I, w I watch, you know, 15-year-olds walking in a crowded, in, in Brooklyn, Newton, Belmont, whatever, walking and tripping on the sidewalks because mm -hmm. they can't lift their eyes. Right. 
I, I just find it's astounding that they I, keep doing it. I can't help but wonder where we're headed. Or we may already be there. I can't wonder what they have to say so many times to so yeah. many people. It's not meaningful. It's, it's I, I, maybe I'm biased, but it's like more like I'm getting on Snapchat, I'm getting on this, I'm doing that. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really, I think, kind of sad where the point we've come to in life. Children uh, don't have any really, they have, a, they have a phone that their mother and father bought them in case they want them to call them in case something happens or anything. Uh, I, I, very frankly, I don't own a cell phone. Mm. <laughs> okay. I know that's, that's a joke, and it is. Every, every one of my family has a cell phone. I don't have one. I won't have one. I have been able to survive with one, uh, and uh, I fully intend to keep on going. I have one, but I hardly ever use it. You know, <laughs> so, well, you know, it's just I much prefer to be make calls on a landline in my apartment. Yeah. Well, I... Uh, I think they have utility <clears throat> because um, there are people in each of our lives who love us, and if at any moment walking down the streets... Um, something were happening to us um, and it were a matter of you know us feeling ill or something we could somehow get a hold of somebody right then and there without even having to um, yeah it could be a medical alert button it could be anything on your yeah phone. so I'm saying yeah. what I'm, I guess in a nutshell what I'm trying to say is that it, it you can take my, my view of reality is you can take anything to extreme. Religion, you can take politics to the extreme, you can take technology to the extreme. Um, you have to find a point for yourself where it, um, any device, uh, any technological device has utility for you above and beyond, um, you know, the basics. So the ba uh, say, say like if you just had a landline, uh, I mean, I guess if you, you had a heart attack and you felt Hopefully, kind people will come to your aid and call an ambulance. Um, but the, the, to have something that you can communicate, you know, with immediately is is, is something good. Oh yeah, it's very valuable. Yeah. It's and it's it, just the excess is what you, I see is is the excess out in the real world. The yeah. people who are glued to these machines. Yeah, I mean, basic, yeah. Basic telephones are wonderful. Yeah. But people who that's what they do. That's what's so important to them. That's what they can't miss. Is, you know, if you take it away, they've done studies. If you pull the phone away, and it, the people start going through withdrawal, like a Absolutely, drug. Absolutely, yes. Because yes. they're using it 18 hours a day. Yeah, no, I mean, that's... And they grew up in a world where digital was from when they were very young. Right. For us, we have one foot in the old world with, you know, telephones and, you know... Uh, that, but that but for some like this TV. like this gentleman he does very well without a cell phone. Oh yeah yeah no yeah, well, I, I think that I do. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I stand <laughs> communications verbally to my son who's sitting in there, and uh, but my wife said, oh yeah, uh, we're going to do this. And I said, oh, when did you get that information? She said, oh oh my daughter, you know our daughter-in-law, Jenny, right. texted me, right or. She emailed me. <laughs> I, I, I said, I, I do have a computer. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. There you go. And <clears throat> I'm not so sure that I, I'm delighted to have it because I find them, uh, I hate to sit down in front of it. Mm. It's just one of those things. You know, I grew up 
in a time where <coughs> communication is between people, and now it's between machines. But you, you could, using your computer, uh, uh, through a video call, say, or, uh, especially on your phone, but on the computer too, you can you can interface with somebody. It's not it, it's not person to person. I think a lot of existence is trying to, um, when you're not person to person, get as close to person to person in your communications as possible. So you know, some people I see young people and they're talking to somebody and they're they're on the phone. It, it's um, it's it's almost almost being with the person, you know, to see them. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it reinforces the face-to-face -face in a way, you know, it's an abstract right. way. But So I think it's, it's, it's shades of, uh, everything in, in technology, I think, is shades of trying to person to person. Mm -hmm. You know, a text is very unperson to person. Oh, you know, you can have yeah. a whole war, a life uh, texting people, you know. <clears throat> well, I'm not saying that cell phones aren't, they're really pretty good. My son and I are both pilots. Oh, <laughs> and wow. uh, I've owned three airplanes. Uh, he learned to fly in one of them. And uh, last Sunday, just as recently as here as last Sunday, he called and he said, Dad, you want to uh, go up to Vermont for breakfast? I said, sure. <laughs> <clears throat> so we went to Hanscom. We rented a 182. We took off and we flew due north to Rutland. Sure. Over, uh, over Killington, where right. I learned, where I skied. Uh, I'm, I'm quite a good work. skier. We used to go out west skiing. We've skied everything here in New England and Canada. <clears throat> but we took off, went up there, and flew between the mountains to get into this airport that we were going into. And uh, <clears throat> we landed there, and then we got a car and drove over to this place where he found on the Internet. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great breakfast if yeah, you just flew um, in. <laughs> let me tell you something. Breakfast it was unbelievable. I wish you'd come in here and join me. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you want, want me to go get them? No, 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 that's all right. <laughs> but uh, we, we went and had breakfast, and it was fabulous. Out of this world, it really was. I talked to people who had been skiing at Killington, incidentally, right. and the winds, she said, were so bad that she couldn't even go down the hill. The winds stopped her from really? the, That's how bad it was yesterday, which was Saturday at that point. Right. So, and I was talking to her a lot, because I love, I love to talk to people. <laughs> it's good trade. <laughs> yeah. You know. But anyway, it's, uh, we took pictures, in which I emailed to, well, actually, my wife emailed them, to our friends in Georgia. I lived in Georgia for a number of years, and as I was a regional manager down there for 13 New England states, or uh, southeastern states. But uh, we were able to do that, and everything was instantaneous, and she she emailed back. She said the pictures were fabulous. So they were sharing in yeah. what you had just experienced, right. which is great. Can I ask you a question? Sure. What does it cost to rent a small plane to go up to Vermont for breakfast and, and come back? I mean, well, it's um, it's per hour. Okay. And it took us about an hour or so to get up there. Uh, it, it runs about uh, two hundred and fifty dollars an hour. Okay. Yeah. But. Uh, you know, I uh, I learned to fly in a grass strip in Indiana. Wow! How, how and old and my when, when did you start? Well, I was I was home from the Navy, uh -huh. and as a matter of fact, my instructor was a War II a fighter pilot. Wow! <laughs> so were you in your twenties or something? Oh yes, at that time? Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Wow! Uh, it I've done a lot. 
I came here and I loved the ocean. I loved the mountains. <clears throat> I ended up buying a, uh, uh, I've had several boats. One of them was a big 28-foot Chris Craft that, that we used to say, uh, take down to the islands and live on it down there for a week. He was he was one of them. Was, I don't know why I can't get him in here, but. That's interesting. Wow. But anyway, uh, I've, I've done a lot in my lifetime. Your, your wife was from originally here. from Somerville. Yes. So that's how you sort of ended up in. Yes, in no, that's how I ended up. Not sort of. I ended up in Massachusetts. If you want, if yeah. you want to be with that gal, you better get up. Yeah. <laughs> she, and, she and I were married, and uh, it was a couple of years before we had. Uh, well, my first child was a daughter, my daughter, and then he was the uh, firstborn son. And uh, we we just had a wonderful life. Tell us a little bit about. Well, growing up in Indiana was wonderful. I learned to swim in a creek. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that makes all the no, sense No, I, in the I world did. To me. There wasn't much. As a matter of fact, I used to deliver papers when I was 10 years old in this little town, and I used to carry a shotgun with me. Really? And I, yeah, I would, I would, I'm not kidding you. We would shoot, we'd shoot rabbits and bring them home and eat them. Okay, because so it wasn't, the shotgun wasn't for protection. It was oh, yeah. do a little hunting while you were exactly. delivering the newspaper. Now, I, I was born it. in 1927, so if you can do the quick math on that, you know what, what I, age I am now. Right. But, oh, yeah, uh, it's uh, – I, I have just done so much. Mm. It's great. You lived a good life, a long life. And – and I must say, you, you look incredibly well, given the age that you're, you are. Yeah. Well, I'll be 92 in April, come to April the 10th. Wow. We're all blessed to be here, aren't we? You know, we... we Boy, are we ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Have you, when well, was the last time you were back in Indiana? Well... You still have any family out there? Well, no. As a matter of fact, oh. I, I was the first of the generation, and I had uh, I, I had three sisters here just uh, less than a month ago. One died, and then a week later, the other one died. My youngest sister died several years ago, and my younger brother, who served in the Navy also, uh, he died, and uh, so I'm the last of that generation. Generation yeah. in your family. I was the first to begin with, and I'm now the last. And it was kind of interesting. Uh, I remarried after my first wife died, and I put all the kids through school and college, and uh, they all have either master's degrees or well-educated. Right. <coughs> and uh, we uh, we have just done so much. He skinned, we used to scuba dive off of the, off of the boat we had, right. one of the boats we had. And we used to go down and try to get lobsters, and we spearfished uh, uh, fish and ate them. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My, my father, I grew up, uh, my father always had boats and Chris Craft, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And uh, before the Russians came, I always tell people, you know, the trawlers off the coast of Massachusetts, mm -hmm. uh, you could go out in an afternoon. I used to go fishing with my father and his friends. Five hours, you could catch 200 fish. Good oh, fish, yeah. eating fish, cod, haddock, uh, you know. And my mother had a whole freezer that was devoted just to fresh fish. And the freezer and the refrigerator was for other stuff. And we would give it away to neighbors. You know, right. it was like sharing goodwill, mm -hmm. you know. And wonderful fish in those days. No more. <coughs> well, 
if I have a choice between steak and fish, <laughs> I take fish. Right. Same here. I would too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, love, I, I, I love I love yeah. good fish. Yeah. And sea scallops, one of my favorites, and uh, oyster uh, oysters. I love oysters and lobster bisque is one of my favorite soups. <laughs> oh, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. But it's uh, yeah. I've had a uh, I have a I've had a wonderful life. I. Uh, after, I was just mentioning the fact that uh, after my first wife died, then after I took care of the children and put them to school and everything else, then I remarried. Right. And I now have uh, two sons, two beautiful sons, one which is 39. He'll be 39 uh, come April the 11th, one day after my birthday. We're having a birthday party come this, this Saturday. The, the son not, from not, your second so, marriage. Yes. I have two sons by my second marriage. Second marriage, right. And I have two grandchildren, one which will be four, she will be four in June, and the boy is six, who was six in December. Mm. <coughs> and uh, <laughs> they're wonderful when traded for the world. Right. I don't blame you. Yep. That's great. That's but anyway, I've, I've had a good life, and uh, I... And and we, and you got converted to being a New Englander. Yes. Yeah. Of course, the seafood off this coast is a little better than off Indianapolis. Yeah, much better. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, I have mentioned on several occasions that I could step in Indiana when I was a boy growing up. I could step out my back door and look up to the northwest and see Chicago. <laughs> then I came here where the mountains were and the ocean and everything. Right. It was uh, very because I love the ocean. Yeah, different I, topography. Oh yeah, altogether. Yeah, yeah. It's really a. Any, any wisdom you'd like to share for our listening audience? Well, enjoy yourself. It's later than you think. <laughs> but the thing is, you had a good life, and you're living a good life, and you will continue to live a good yes, life. Yes, I will, and I w <coughs> would wish only that for the, everybody that yes. happens to see this. That's very kind of you. Yeah. Thank you for talking to us. Well, it's been my pleasure. I've it's enjoyed it. It's been our pleasure. Really, you're, you're, you've, you're, a lot of things you said really touched me. Uh, I, I could feel them, and when you mention an incident in your life, that was touching. I thought of flash, flashed a, mm -hmm. a similar incident in my life. So, are you approaching near my age? I'm 72. Oh, you're young. Yeah, he's a kid. But I, oh, I have. My word. I'm like a Russian doll. I have the baby inside a little kid, inside a teenager, inside yeah. a young adult, inside a middle-aged guy, that inside feeling. me. <laughs> I know that feeling. Okay, gentlemen, it's been a We're pleasure. We're here every two weeks, so if you see us, feel free to come over. Okay. Well. I live in Belmont, and this, this is, I, I found this place, and it's really a wonderful place to be. It, it is. It, yeah. It's bright, it's cheery, it's friendly, and, you know, you can come, yeah. leave, stay, do things. It's great. Nice. Yeah, if you're so. ever here on a Friday morning and you see this happening, please drop oh, by. Oh, I certainly will. Yes. And this is my son, <laughs> oh. Richard. His name is Richard also. Wow, we have a lot of Richards. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. Right. Go back and tell us more about World War II next time. All right. I can sure talk to you about that. I'm sure. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank right, you. Have a great day, guys. You, you too. You too. Breakfast in Vermont. I love it. Absolutely. What are we doing? Wow. We're
Uh, <laughs> you know, I love technology, but there is something to be said for person to person. I said I love technology, but there is something to be said for person to person and communications. Just and to, just when somebody mentions something and you've had something similar in your life, it just yeah, it's a virtue of sharing in a direct way. Yeah, you know, it really it really is. And we just unfortunately see less and less of that. You know, yeah. where you and I can sit down and just talk without having an agenda. You know, everyone's got an agenda. Don't need an agenda. Yeah. You just talk you know, and share. That's, that's a really deep... Bye-bye. That's a really deep truth because a lot of the troubles in the world are f because people have an agenda and they think it's the best agenda. And therefore know? they have to defeat your agenda. Yeah, exactly. And immediately you have... Hostility yeah. or conflicts. And I say people should just talk about an agenda. Just yeah, because underneath it all, we have the same yeah. the same scenario. You know. <laughs> no, ex ex exactly. I mean, in a in a broad sense, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, mm. anyway. Yeah, great guy. Anyway. Isn't he young looking? Yes. For his age, I thought. He's had so many uh, different kinds of experience. I mean, I, I, I'm not a water person and I'm not an air person, uh, so I don't even know what it means to, to be but, part of that but, world. But anyone who can uh, meet up with, uh, who's a, trained as a pilot, who can meet up with the son who's a pilot and say, let's go to Vermont for breakfast. Yeah. I think it's just a, <laughs> it's just a wonderful story. And, yeah. You know, of course you get a great breakfast in Vermont. It's that kind of state. You know, but the food is very welcoming, you know. Uh, what a great thing to do. You know, it's only an hour trip, small plane. Yeah. You know, the first time I ever flew in a, in a little plane was with a friend from high school. One day, he was, I didn't know he was a pilot, and he said, well, what are you doing today? I said, yeah. doing homework, doing this. He said, you want to come with me? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up, and my, uh, I rent a plane. I'm a blah, blah, blah pilot. I said, okay. I didn't hesitate. And then I realized, the <clears throat> first time you fly, if you're not in a big airplane, but in a, like a little wooden thing, <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little scary, you know? And, and he, he, he says, that's your house down there. He, we flew from Norwood, and he's over Brookline. And he's doing dipsy doodles and saying, I'm going to buzz your house. I said, no, no, don't, don't buzz my house. My mother might get very nervous, you know? But... Um, you know, it's I, I was willing to do it, and then of course when I went on big planes, it was nothing. You know, I had a period in my life. It was when I was a young guy, um, where I was. Uh, maybe other people have too. You, where you're actually in your dreams, you're flying, mm. and I I, re, I don't remember them exactly now, but I remember when I had them. I would wake up, and they would really. I I think about them a lot because I I I would almost like crash and you'd be going underneath like wires on the telephone poles and 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 then i'd be out of control and i'd be like so your you your reality of the dream was very similar to, to your reality when you woke up in yes a sense, in well i i look at life as like you're living this physical life and everything is totally real and and you know you can touch it and this but you're, you you have a dream world, and that's maybe why I like virtual reality too. Mm. It's it's levels of consciousness, um, Absolutely. and those those experiences were so real. Um, I mean, mm. they were very disturbing. It can sometimes. be scary. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, 
that can be very scary. It can be very rewarding, but also can be very scary. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah, you keep seeing a lot of uh, seniors with things on their clothing. You know they're veterans. Because they, yeah, unless they're making believe. But anyway. I don't think they will. No, I, I hope not. But no. I, I, don't, I don't think so either. Well, I guess it's a uh, another day at the old office. We should uh, <laughs> wrap up our uh, episode and um, move on to to uh, the episode five in the yeah. future. Right. Yeah. Whatever ra- reality we're in. Yeah. Well, we're in this reality. We know we're in this reality. It's um, it's um, it's a it's a great reality. Mm. <laughs> I think. For sure. So we'll. Uh, great reality. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, here. We. I'll, I'll show you. Look at this. Positively. Thank you, Jeff, for this wonderful poster that you. Beach Street. And, Look and, at uh, that. Jane, Jane Peters and Jeff. Thank you so much. An audio happening. It definitely is happening. Yeah. You know. We're looking good in this photo. You know, I don't know how we look uh, when we're sitting around that table, but. <laughs> Can't be too far off. Anyway. So we will bid everyone adieu and say goodbye. See you next week. Uh, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>